To utter the name Victor Hugo will result in same, certain famous works coming to mind, Les Miserables, for example, or perhaps The Hunchback of Notre Dame. But this French novelist also wrote 93. It was concerning the counter-revolutionary results in 1793, hence 93, during the French Revolution. And in his novel, Hugo tells of a storm. And it follows on from the hymn that our Ghanaian members sang earlier and we joined in with, Will your anchor hold in the storms of life? And the tale was of a ship caught in a terrible storm. And when the storm was at its height, the frightened crew heard the terrible crashing below deck. On investigation, the source of the sound was discovered. A cannon that they were carrying had broken loose from its ties and it was banging into the sides of the ship tearing great holes with every smashing blow. So risking their lives, two men went below and they managed to secure the cannon again. And the captain knew the truth of the situation. Those cannons were far more dangerous when they were loose than the storm outside. Yes, the storm could toss them about, but one loose cannon could actually mean their destruction and the sinking of the ship. So came the phrase, being a loose cannon, someone who's an unpredictable person or thing that's liable to cause damage if not kept in check. So the first Sunday in Lent, when we think about temptation, I'd like us to consider whether we are Jesus' obedient disciples, or whether we might be loose cannons that are causing damage because we're not harnessed for the kingdom of God. The cannon in those days was actually quite useful on board, but it was dangerous when it wasn't secure. Could that be true of us? Are we damaging ourselves and others? Are we damaging the church too? Remember that the boat was so often an image of the church. So I'd like us to consider something else. And that is whether we are untethered, whether we have untethered cannons within us, not just outside, but within us. Think of perhaps those thoughts and feelings that we have as being cannons that can damage our own lives as they rattle around inside us, preventing us becoming all that Jesus calls us to be. So I've called this message today, being the me that I'm meant to be. Lent is a time when we consider how we might turn away from disobedience to obedience and actually fulfill our calling in Christ. But so often we're tempted to go away from what Christ calls us to be. So Lent should be a time when we draw close to God, when we learn to trust from, uh, from him, not just surviving temptation, but actually flourishing as a Christian. Our gospel lesson, as Jesus' ministry began, was a time when he withdrew to the desert 
near the Jordan, just as John the Baptist had done, you may remember, as a reminder of the desert wanderings as well, of the Israelites as they journeyed through the desert too. And they were tested by God who created a covenant with them. And it's as if Jesus is being tempted in a similar way. But here he passes, knowing that God is at work, that God's work means everything to him. So in Christ, Christ's calling is fulfilled and Israel's calling is fulfilled as well at last. So it's in that barren desert place that Jesus is alone and he's vulnerable. He wrestles with his self-understanding. What does it mean to be the Son of God? What does it mean to be Spirit-led. It says he was filled with the Spirit. And it's as though in that desert place, the cannon starts to roll within him. That question, who am I? If I'm God's son, then I must focus on God's work. And it's worth noting that all the devil's temptations start with if. If. An enticement to something that was very reasonable in its context. And temptations always are flipping reasonable, aren't they? (laughs) That's why they're temptations. Jesus knew what his high calling was. But he had natural inclinations. Longings crashing around inside him. What were the expectations of others? What were the pressures upon him that were loosening his ties with his father? And it's at this crucial time, it seems to me, that Jesus is presented with a stark choice. One, listen to the distractions of the devil. I'm going to call him not the devil, but the disruptor of God's plans. And to yield to temptation by taking attractive shortcuts and short-lived happiness without realizing that things will eventually fall apart and ultimately lead to emptiness and destruction. Or to be led by the Holy Spirit and God's word. The Spirit is the wise counselor, the one who leads into all truth. This is strengthening rather than temptation. It's the longer and the tougher road, but trust and obedience will help us and help Jesus to keep it all together. It's the way to fullness of life and blessing too. I don't know whether you're familiar with those cartoons of temptation. I'm sure you are with the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. And the angel saying, don't do it, don't do it. And the devil on the other side saying, do it, do it. The thing is, that pushes everything out there, doesn't it? But actually, the reality of temptation is it's in here. It's to do with us. It's not an external thing. So we have, really... The contrast within us, the counsellor's way to discover what it is to be the son of God for Jesus, for us to be who we're meant to be, or the disruptor's way, the call to fall away from our calling, to be the cannons that will eventually destroy us and the boat. So I want us to think not out there, but in here. 
the counselor whispering within and the disruptor whispering within. Let's think about those three temptations and see how this might be in context. Firstly, Jesus ate nothing for 40 days and surprise, surprise, he was hungry. It's not any surprise, therefore, that the disruptor says, if you are the son of God, turn this stone to bread. Reasonable. But the temptation was to put his own interests first, to be selfish, to be more concerned about his own personal gain, to be materialistic, fulfilled by worldly needs, rather than being satisfied by spiritual sustenance. So watch out. Watch out when the disruptor starts shifting your cargo within and uses weapons within you to knock you off course. When you start listening to your inner base desires, when you allow yourself to become cluttered or damaged by what you think your needs are. The strengthening counsellor, on the other hand, speaks to Jesus and to us, which needs to be spelt out from God's word. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Here we have a test of resilience, to persevere. There are no shortcuts if we're to be who God calls us to be. So the second temptation, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Is it any surprise that the disruptor says to him, I will give you their authority and splendor. It's been given to me and I can give it to anybody that I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. That temptation within Jesus to have authority over others, to exercise power in unhealthy ways, to be able to dominate and to call the shots. Watch out for the disruptor shifting your cargo, using the weapons within you to knock you off course. When you start getting ideas above your station, when you feel like treating others badly, when you cleverly manipulate people and think nobody will notice, or abusing them physically or emotionally. The strengthening counsellor, on the other hand, speaks to Jesus and to us, which needs to be spelt out from God's word. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Here, we have a test of resolve We are to be gently and lovingly subversive and not dominant. Let's think of the third temptation. The devil led Jesus to Jerusalem and had him stand at the highest point of the temple. Is it any surprise then that the disruptor says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. The disruptor even misuses scripture. For it is written, he says, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. The temptation? To put God to the test. To look for the spectacular. 
to look for fame, to desire the miraculous for the wrong reasons. And again, we must watch out for the disruptor shifting our cargo, using the weapons within to knock us off course, to misuse or misrepresent our discipleship, to exaggerate, to exercise faith in a way that makes you look good, to make everything about you rather than about others, to behave as though Christianity is a bed of roses, that following Jesus is easy, and complain when things get difficult. The strengthening counsellor, on the other hand, speaks to Jesus and to us, which needs to be spelt out from God's word. It is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Here we have a test of faith. We are to speak God's will and change hearts and not be and not be misplaced by easy religion. So Jesus' calling is not what others want. It's not what in his inner desires he might have wanted in his human ambitions. But he is to be what his father ordained him to be in trust and obedience. Thomas Adams, and I love this quote, once said, Satan is like a fisher who baits his hook according to the appetite of the fish. I don't know if you've ever been fishing, but you need to have the right thing on the end of your hook if you're going to get the right fish. And we need to understand what our appetite is. Where are your weaknesses? Be real. The temptation begins when our weaknesses are fed. Is your weakness your temper or lust? Do you find things easily addictive? Are you greedy or ambitious or superficial? Or do you need to be liked? If deep down you think this life is all that there is, then that's how the hook will be baited. And remember, these temptations are often stronger when we're alone and no one is around us. Accountability for Christians is so important. We need to be honest with one another. We need to watch over one another in love. Because otherwise, the disruptor has his way. So, are you the you that God is calling you to be? And I am I the me that God is calling me to be. The storms and trials will come our way. We're never promised that life would be easy. And if the worst comes to the worst, we have eternal promises that nobody can ever take away. For the disruptor will return at an opportune time. And we'll always try to deny the truth of that statement. So be ready to stand firm on those promises that we have. To turn away or bind those wrong things that are within us. Hebrews 2.18 says these words. Because Jesus himself suffered and was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus had to do what others had failed to do. 
And he can help us to succeed too. So I ask this morning that as we embark on this journey of Lent, that we listen, open our ears, read the right things, that we may be strengthened by the counsellor rather than disrupted by the devil. For that inner battle is within us. And we need to secure the cannons that can roll about so that we can be useful in the kingdom's armory, in the fight between good and evil in the world, where love will ultimately be triumphant if you remain on the Lord's side. In his letter to the Ephesians, St. Paul writes these words, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's the reality of what goes on inside us. Don't look for it out there. It's in here. And it's a serious matter. It's about our eternal well-being. It's about whether we find what God has for us. So I'm going to encourage you, whether you come to the Lenten uh, class or whether you spend time reading or whatever you're going to do this Lent, to actually do business with God. Let Lent be a focused time of looking inside us, being honest about our weaknesses and learning to bind those things that we sometimes get out of control. Remember that your hook is baited according to your weakness. Self-understanding is so important. But if we do understand, if we turn for strength from the Lord and support one another, then we can find security and blessing. I want to close with our epistle reading's words. The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning the faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The disruptor will occupy you with other things and put other words on your lips. May our lips Be full of the word of God. Amen.